0: Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we'll be talking to newly initiated Brother Parker. Now, one of the great things about running the podcast is that you have very passionate, enthusiastic emails from people. The most enthusiastic and passionate person that has emailed into this show by a long shot is the person that's just about to speak. I'm not actually Mason at the point of contact, Brother Parker has been kind enough to Give me one of the great pleasures in life, which has been personal tuition in Hebrew. He's just about setting up uh, Hebrews for Masons, Hebrews for Masons, which is a a tuition-based uh, uh, educational resource, and for brethren that like to to understand the the history uh, of the institution by learning Hebrew. This is your man. So, without further ado, I'm going to pass over. If you could just introduce yourself and and your lodge. Um, please, please right, well, thank
1: away. you so much, Brother Evans. Um, <laughs> so my name is Eli Al Parker, and I'm a member of Holy City Lodge Number Four in Jerusalem, Israel, under the auspices of the Grand Lodge of the State of Israel. I do want to say though that I'm not representing either of those bodies. I'm here as an individual, not representative of any group that I might be a member of. Uh, and without further ado, I want to read to you guys uh, a condensed version of Israeli Freemasonry written by Brother Leon Zeldis. Yes. The origins of Freemasonry in the Holy Land date to the 13th of May, 1868, when most worshipful brother Dr. Robert Morris, past Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Kentucky, directed a secret monitor ceremony in the cave of Sedekiah, popularly known as King Solomon's Quarries, under the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. Dr. Morris worked to erect the first regular Masonic Lodge, and in 1873, he succeeded in obtaining a charter from the Grand Lodge of Canada for the Royal Solomon Mother Lodge number 293, working, quote, at the city of Jerusalem or adjacent places, unquote. This was the first regular lodge in Israel. Lodge had a difficult existence, and after a few years, stopped reporting to the Grand Lodge of Canada. It was finally erased in 1907. Around 1890, the next Masonic Lodge to be formed in Israel was established in Jaffa. Eventually, this lodge adopted a new name, bar meaning dawn in Hebrew, and became integrated into the Grand Lodge of the State of Israel. Lodge bar is the oldest in the country still in existence. Three other lodges were constituted before World War I. After World War I, under British rule, a number of lodges were chartered by the Grand Lodges of Egypt, Scotland, and England, and the Grand Orient of France. Some of these lodges are still in existence to this day. A special case is that of the five German-speaking lodges founded in Israel in 1931 by the Grand Master of the symbolic Grand Lodge of Germany. With great vision, most worshipful brother, Otto Muffelmann, realized that the rise of Hitler in Germany sounded the death knell for Freemasonry in his country. He traveled to Israel and founded lodges in the three main cities, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and Haifa, German-speaking lodges in Israel, and also in Chile, kept alive the flame of German Freemasonry during these dark years and after the end of the war, were instrumental in restoring regular Freemasonry to Germany. The first National Grand Lodge in Israel was constituted in 1933 and brought together all the lodges that had been working under Egyptian and French jurisdictions. The English-speaking lodges, however, refused to join the new Grand Lodge and continued working separately. There was a need for the creation of a Grand Lodge that would achieve unity within Israeli Freemasonry and recognition abroad, this ideal was realized in 1953, with when in an impressive ceremony conducted in Jerusalem by Brother the Earl of Elgin and Kincardine, or Kincardine, I'm not really good with Scottish pronunciation, past Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Scotland and the Grand Lodge of the State of Israel was consecrated. Apart from Israel's two official languages, Hebrew and Arabic, there are lodges working in seven other languages: English, French. Spanish, German, Romanian, Russian, and Turkish. Three volumes of the sacred law are opened side by side upon the altar in the lodge. The Hebrew Bible, also known as the Tanakh, the Christian Bible, and the Koran. The official seal of the Grand Lodge encloses the symbols of the three great monotheistic religions, the Christian cross, the Jewish star, of David, and the Muslim crescent, all intertwined within the square encompasses. Freemasonry is one of the few institutions that actively promotes better understanding between the different ethnic and cultural segments of Israeli society, particularly between Jewish and Arab brethren, and also assists in the social integration of immigrants, myself being one. In Jerusalem, King Solomon's quarries are occasionally used to conduct Masonic meetings. The underground quarry could explain what is written in the Tanakh, in the Bible, that no sound of metallic tools were heard at the building site of the temple. If the stones were dressed underground, no noise would have reached the temple site, as it hmm. says in 1 Kings six seven. Mm-hmm. And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone made ready before it was brought thither, so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was being while it was in building
0: brilliant thank you very much for that that's very interesting yeah that, but it's an interestingly c- eclectic mix in in your lodge uh, which we've talked about it's it's a, it seems to be working in absolute harmony and um the, the brethren seem to be very passionate about their freemasonry so it's nice to see that you're um, maintaining that momentum so is is your lodge Primarily for immigrants, uh, immigrants to Israel's first, first, it, 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 it is.
1: Um, um, being the English speaking lodge of Jerusalem, it has a very international flavor. We mm. have people from over 10 countries. I, I don't want to go through now and try to prove that, but I'd say at least 10 countries who are members, uh, not all of whom are necessarily native English speakers, mm. but it is the international lingua franca. And so, uh, yeah, we have uh, people from. All over the world that are members of our lodge in Jerusalem. Fantastic! That's really interesting. So
0: Can I ask, um, when was the Grand Lodge of Israel established?
1: So the Grand Lodge of the State of Israel was established in 1953. There had been a previous Grand Lodge established in 1933, but it wasn't uh, completely regular, I guess we would say. Uh, it didn't have international recognition from from the United Grand Lodge of England, uh, and so. This is the second go at Grand Lodge started in
0: '53, and you you emphasize the state of Israel. Why? Why state Be- and not?
1: Because the I, this of is Israel. this is conjecture on my part, Brother Emshaw, But I believe that the first Grand Lodge founded in 1933 would have been the Grand Lodge of Israel, mm-hmm. and so to differentiate and to give legitimacy. This one is the Grand Lodge of the State of Israel, so mm-hmm. that people will know which which one is regular and which one. I, this is an inference on my part. I do not know this to be true, but mm. I've asked the same question because no other country do you see like the the country of England, the country of Japan, right? It's it's very strange. Uh, so I asked the same, and it, that's my own answer. I don't actually know that to be true,
0: but mm. I assume that to be the case. Sure, sure. Interesting. So, well, and what do what does the um, uh, average citizen of Israel think of Freemasonry?
1: Well, um, there are very few Masons in this country relative to the size, and so unfortunately, most of them have a conspiracy theory kind of a background uh, to it. <coughs> mm. uh, their view is, uh, and so um, when you, I, I've heard more than once someone go off about Freemasonry, and I'd be like, really, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. And I'd let them spout off for however long they'd like to. And I'd be like, and what's your your source? And they cite some silly thing on the Internet. I'd be like, well, being a Freemason myself. And then, you know, their face just (laughs) turns red and they're like, what? And, and, you know, (laughs) yes, there's a (laughs) secret (laughs) handshake, but we don't run the country. We can barely decide on what to have for dinner uh, at at the white table. So uh, we're definitely not taking over the world.
0: In, in England it can be viewed as a uh, anti-semitic conspiracy so uh, what sort of um, the prejudice does does it take in israel well uh it's it's not a zionist conspiracy
1: here because <laughs> no. you know um, but it, you know just uh, the people taking over and running the world it's literally it's it's the thing that people say about jews
0: yes like yes. they
1: say them about freemasons um, it's uh, it's really very silly um so-
0: that's interesting, sort of like the protocols of the elders of Zion. It, That's quite, yes. You think that Jews would know better than to believe that kind of <laughs> stuff, but that should be wrong. Oh, a hideous, a hideous irony. So um yes. what, what made you become a Freemason? What was your were your
1: main reasons? You'll have to have him back another time to hear the whole story. But the long story short is I was having a very deep conversation with a good friend of mine who I've known for 25 or 30 years. And um I asked him why in the world he did certain things with his life. And his answer was because I'm a Mason. And from there, an hour later, I'm like, well, how does one become a Mason, et cetera, et cetera. Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. It's nice. No, yeah. Mine, mine was mainly to do with the family tradition and <clears throat> on my, oh, on my stepfather's side, actually, he was just such a, such a decent chap that yeah, it was, it was my, my idea to get involved more of the charity side of the lodge than, than anything. The, the deeper aspects but yes it's a um, that was my main reason so yeah nice one What have been? what if you're you're in a unique situation um in israel so what has been the positive things of masonry and also the negative experiences
1: well the, the positive thing um is that um i wasn't lo- the following i wasn't looking for it when i when i found it um Freemasonry, you know, is supposed to be about all kinds of different things, uh, including everyone being equal. Um, And I went to my first white table as a guest in Jerusalem. And that very day, um, no, I'm messing up my story. I went to my first white table and I was struck by um, Jews and Arabs sitting around the table, genuinely concerned about each other's welfare. It was a feeling of fellowship the likes of which I've never encountered in this country. Um, and so that, I, I was into the, the charity aspect and some of the other aspects that draw me to it and finding this little cocoon of coexistence where, you know, we take it seriously as far as religion and politics. They stay outside and we're brethren inside the lodge. And it's it's just amazing. Uh, as far as unexpected, um, I don't really know that I've had any Uh, people from outside of Israel ask me about all the different uh, auxiliary bodies and whatnot. And the number of Blue Lodge Masons in this country is small enough that we barely have anything beyond uh, like there's there's uh, Royal Arch and Mark Masonry. And besides that, Mm. uh, there's not much else out there. I mean, there's a Scottish Rite uh, chapter body of some sort. Is that the one um, in
0: Jaffa? Is that that lodge in Jaffa? Uh,
1: so I, the, the headquarters are somewhere in Tel Aviv, um, oh. Tel Aviv metropolitan area. Um, but uh, my understanding, and again, I'm, uh, I'm an am apprentice, so I've got uh, a ways to go before I know these things, but um, that there's not a whole lot uh, of things after Blue Lodge available.
0: Fantastic. That's great. That was extremely informative. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Brother Parker. And I think we're running out of time now. Um, I think we'll call it a close there, but we'll definitely have you back. That was was very interesting. There's lots of things we can talk about to be continued. So, yes, we will now part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for making the time. Thank you very much, Dr. Have a good one. Goodbye.